Hi, I'm Dr. Rob, and this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. Now, I'm sure that you've heard all the headlines regarding the new recommendations about breast cancer screening. They cause quite a stir with lots of controversy and some outright anger. Well, I got a Twitter, or is it a tweet? I, I don't know. But I got one of those things from Lynette. She wondered what my take was on these breast cancer screening recommendations. When these recommendations were issued by the U.S. Preventive Task Force, I have to admit that I had to spend a lot of time in my office telling how I interpreted these changes. People were very concerned. In truth, this happens frequently with medical headlines hitting the newspapers, morning TV shows, and blogs on the Internet. People don't know how to deal with this kind of thing, as lots of times it seems either that they're sensational, like a cure for cancer or a key to fixing obesity, or it directly contradicts things that people have heard again and again. The recent breast cancer recommendations, for example, seem to contradict what's been said all along about breast cancer. Women should perform self-breast exams and get annual mammograms. Now they say they don't need them? What can you believe? So in the next two podcasts, I'm going to teach you how to listen to what you hear on the news without getting totally confused. Today's podcast will focus on some of the common mistakes that we make, and the next one will cover how to get it right. I have to first say that it isn't always easy for me to handle these studies and headlines on TV, so I don't expect to remove all of your confusion, but I do think it can reduce it some. The first step in this process is to understand the common mistakes people make when dealing with science and how it relates to their health. To understand the first error, I want you to imagine a farmer who notices that rooster crows before every sunrise. It happens every morning. This fine scientific farmer decides that the rooster's crowing must cause that sun to rise, coming up with the sun-rooster hypothesis. But this farmer scientist is no slouch, and so he goes out to test his hypothesis by asking all of his farmer friends, and all of them say that the rooster always crows every day before sunrise. So there you have it. Proof that roosters have cosmologic powers, right? Not so fast. What our scientist has done is to simply note a correlation between two observations, which is fine, but the conclusion that one causes the other is an error. Is our scientist foolish for thinking this? Well, no, not really. He just needs more information to make his conclusion. This kind of thing actually happens all the time in medical science. Did you know that heavy coffee drinkers have a higher rate of lung cancer than those who don't drink any coffee? But before you go and sell your stock in Starbucks, let me tell you one more fact. Heavy coffee drinkers are much more likely to be heavy smokers than those who don't drink coffee. See, you got to have all the facts. To prove that one thing causes another takes a lot more work than just noting that they happen together. Experiments need to be performed to test the hypothesis. Tape the mouth of the rooster shut and see if the sun still rises. Go to a place without roosters and see if the sun rises there. Compare smokers who drink lots of coffee with those who don't. And have heavy coffee drinkers switch to decaf and see if the cancer rate goes down, although you may get a black eye. All hypotheses must be thoroughly tested before they can be relied on. The second error people make is to equate science with fact. A scientist makes a finite number of observations and draws a conclusion from them. But often the best-sounding theories, the ones that seem most obvious, are knocked flat when put to the test. A good example of this is the theory 
that postmenopausal women should have hormone replacement therapy. When I first started in practice, it was believed that all women should get estrogens after menopause. That belief came from the observation that prior to menopause, women had low rates of heart attacks when compared to men and a low rate of osteoporosis. But after menopause, these rates went way up. This belief was also bolstered by a study that looked at a large number of women, retrospectively, and found that those who had taken hormones had lower rates of heart disease. But retrospective studies, ones that look back on populations looking for trends, are unreliable. They leave out important facts. And so scientists set up a prospective study to prove the benefit of hormones. They took a large number of women and put half of them on hormones and gave the other half a sugar pill, or placebo. Then they watched to see what would happen. To the dismay of the hormone manufacturers, the women who got hormones had an increase in heart attacks, not a decrease. This made all of us in the medical community do a 180 and take all the women who we had preached and preached about hormone replacement therapy and take them off of them. Were we wrong to push hormones? No, the best information we had at the time said that it helped. But when better information came along, we had to change what we were saying. This is the nature of science. It changes. Scientific theories should always be questioned. The more questions they stand up to, the more solid the theory. The third big mistake people make is to assume that science on a group must apply to them individually. There are several ways in which this can go wrong. The first way this can go wrong is that the person may not belong to the group of people in the study. For example, there are studies that show that a certain blood pressure pill can prevent kidney damage. But it's wrong to conclude that everyone with high blood pressure should then be put on this medication. This is an actual class of drugs, and the studies on them were done in diabetics, who are especially prone to kidney problems. You should always read the fine print in the studies before applying them to yourself. And there is always lots of fine print. The second way people can put too much trust in studies is by seeing things in black and white. Even the most convincing data don't apply to 100% of people. People are really complex, and there are always lots and lots of factors we don't know about. If a certain drug benefits 99 out of 100 people, who's to say that you're not the one in 100? Someone has to be. Medical practice must always take into account that we're dealing with individuals, not groups. The best we can do is improve people's odds. There are no sure things. So now that I've totally undermined your trust in medical science, let me give you my quick and dirty tips on how to avoid mistakes when hearing scientific studies. Tip number one, don't believe everything you hear. Many people make mistakes looking at scientific information, so you should always be skeptical when you hear something. Tip number two, be willing to change what you think. It's simply the nature of science to change what it says. The biggest mistakes come when we don't question things. Tip number three, find trusted sources. I don't personally have time to research everything, so I rely on others to do that for me. You should do the same. But understand that all sources, even your fabulous doctor, should not be trusted 100%. That's it for today. Next, I'll go into more specifics about how to listen better. If you have questions you want answered, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com or call area code 206-337-5895. You can find me on Twitter or tweet me or whatever at housecalldoc, and you can visit my Facebook page, the House Call Doctor. And feel free to visit my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind, at distractible.org. 
And let me remind you that this podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Catch you next time. Happy Thanksgiving. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm.